Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. My name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. What is going on, everybody? Jorge Aquino coming live, live to you, live and direct from the west side of the PHX. We're here in Bird City, baby. Um, we're at Tormenting Tarmac headquarters, if you will. We're actually recording from my house. I know that sounds weird. Jorge, don't you always record at your house? Yeah, when I'm on Zoom. But tonight, my guest is right directly in front of me here at my dinner table. Kent Schneider from ITR Visuals, car social media guru extraordinaire hanging out with me first of all my dude welcome to my house my humble abode happy new year to you appreciate the introduction anytime man uh thank you for making the drive out here brother I, I do appreciate that and i hopefully it was not terrible traffic on the it was, 101 it was kind of a fun drive yeah i, okay. I had fun with a couple cars on the way here too. Ah, like gotta love that <laughs> the, the purpura is outside of my house i will go ahead and take a picture and be like hey guys check it out what uh we'll do that later on but we're over here we're at we just we're having some Papa John's pizza. I don't know how many people feel about that, but it's delicious pizza to me. We just have chicken pizza. Got my glass of Pepsi. And we're going to go ahead and be talking about all kinds of stuff this evening. Um, before we go anywhere, I did want to go ahead and do this. We're recording today, excuse me, January the 6th. It is Three Kings Day, by the way. So for anybody who celebrates Three Kings Day, happy Three Kings Day. I don't know if you know the meaning of Three Kings Day. I'm not sure. It's a Latino thing, really, but it, it's it's celebrated more all over the world. Basically, it's the day of the, th- the, the, the three kings who went ahead and um, followed the star and then met up with baby Jesus. Okay. So they have their own day. It, like in, If I was in Puerto Rico right now, it would be like super big party. And that after today is the official end of the holidays in PR. So I, we're I don't still really, celebrating today. We're still celebrating. I'm Kent at my house. My Christmas tree is still up. Christmas lights are still on in the hallway. I got my little, um, my little Mickey and Minnie and everybody on their train going around in the tr- in, in the little Christmas tree. And I got my decorations on in the backyard. So we are still celebrating. We're today. still very much celebrating <laughs> Christmas. Absolutely. But um, first of all, before we go anywhere else. I was mentioning it is January the 6th. It's been a few days since the passing of Ken Block. Um, I can speak for myself in saying that I am an enormous, or I am still an enormous Ken Block fan. And um, when I saw the news on Monday night, it broke my heart for a variety of different reasons. A, because I'm such a big fan of his and a big fan of the Hoonigan Media Machine. Um, I think Brian Scotto and that team are amazing at what they do. And they have been such a massive... Um, 
it's a set of innovators, if you will, and just uh, somebody to uh, a group of people to look up to. And it's a shame and, and a and really sad loss that they lost their leader. And then more importantly than that, you know, his wife and his kids obviously just lost mm. their husband and uh, their dad. So um, I just want to go ahead and give my respects to the Block family. I know they'll never listen to this, but as an automotive enthusiast, I think it's the right thing to do. So shout out to Ken Block and to the Block family. May he rest in peace. Um, you being an automotive enthusiast and being into the cinematography thing and whatnot, like what are your, some of your thoughts about Ken Block? Well, I think everyone just in the automotive community in general can, can see regardless just from the amount of Instagram stories that people had put up on the day, right. he definitely had an impact and it was felt in the car community. I think everyone can see that. Everybody knows that. And I think absolutely the one thing I can say about Ken Block is somebody who wasn't a mega fan. I obviously saw Hoonigan, Burnyard, everything like that. And I've seen a lot of the Jim Connor videos, but I wasn't a massive fan, but I do know that he absolutely pushed the barriers. Right. He pushed the barriers and opened up a lot of doors that might not have been there without him. So it is kind of crazy to, to even think that that's gone, but you know, his impact will definitely be felt by the car community. I 100% agree with you on that, and I think that you went ahead and echoed your statements perfectly. Um, because at the end of the day, um, you look at it from a, you know, I, what I, do I consider myself like the person who does car content now? I guess so. I do a podcast on car culture, so um, even though I don't, like, the visual's always been a dream, but I do the audio and whatnot, and having seen what he did from Gymkhana 1 all the way through Gymkhana 10, and now, and then, by the way, Terracana is in there, Climbcana is in there, which is when he took the Hoonicorn all the way up Pikes Peak, which is still one of the craziest videos I've ever seen in my entire life, and then now you've got Travis Pastrana now doing the Gymkhana videos and whatnot, um... Like, it's the type of stuff that we've always wondered, like, oh, my God, can you imagine how that would look? Oh, wait, hold on. Ken Block actually did it on camera. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's it's a massive, massive thing. Um, I mean, he took a, the, the Focus RS and literally hung it, you know, with a tire off the, the, off the road. And he just, like, railed it like if it was a skateboard. And like, that – who does that? It's so it's, – it's gangster. Um it's creativity. It's, it's creativity you know, at its finest. That's cool, for sure. Yeah, and it's what happens when you take a budget and you actually, I don't know if you want to say you put a story to it, but you actually put thought into what you want to do, into a visual. Yeah, I guess it is visual storytelling to an extent. And um, there's not going to be another Kev Lock. No, I don't He's think so. For life. <laughs> and I love Travis Pastrana, and I'm glad that the legacy of Jim Con is going to continue. Um but yeah, it's just a shame. So rest in peace to Ken Block and thoughts and prayers to his uh, his wife, to his daughter, who I know if she actually continues in the trajectory that she's going, literally will have the entire automotive community behind her for the rest of her career. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And then the Hoonigan, the Hoonigan channel, the Hoonigan media machine, if you will, like they got my respects and they got my love too. And uh, I hope that they can, you know, come together and find peace and then just continue to go ahead and pursue and push um, how they've been pushing for like the last several years because they are still the top of the food chain when it Absolutely. comes to automotive content creation. Um, speaking of automotive content creation, um, dude, you're brilliant. I've told you that a million times, um, and, I'm, and I truly mean that. And not, not only you are brilliant, Jesus and Raf. Are, are, are brilliant. I hope to have them on at some other point. Absolutely. Um, but I'm glad that you're here because honestly, 
um, you and I, we're homies. We, 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 this isn't the first time we've hung out. The first time we hung out, we, we hung out at Portillo's. Uh, you, know, you, 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 you were so kind and gracious to go ahead and give me your time, teaching me about social media when it comes to the Instagram account. A lot of the advice that you've given, to, given me, I've put into play. I've noticed that it works. And yeah, I'm like, and I, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm glad that you've tried and pushed the barrier a little bit, and it's helped a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done way more reels than I could have. Some of them are actual reels. Some of them are like the pictures with the audio overlay. But at the end of the day, like that's literally working. Yeah, it, it works, and I have you to thank for that. So I'm curious to know, you know, you're a young guy. You're younger than I am. Um, twenty, twenty-three. 22. 22, okay. 23 this year. So. Oh, beautiful. So happy early birthday whenever we <laughs> it's your birthday. We'll definitely go ahead and have a party, man. Yeah. Uh, but you're a young dude. What told yourself like when you were growing up? You're like, man, I'm going to go ahead and do car, car content creation, whether or not it's from a social media aspect or from a cinematography aspect. Like what told yourself that? And then... Like, how does that even correlate into your love for cars from when you were growing up? You know, I, I think I think there's there's kind of three di- three separate parts inside of that. And first part is content creation. Mm-hmm. And for me, that started in 2011. I was just starting to play video games online on my computer, and I was playing Minecraft. And <laughs> I think everybody everybody. Everybody in my generation has had a Minecraft channel. If you played Minecraft at some point, you had a Minecraft channel. And for me, growing up watching YouTubers like Captain Sparkles and Ant Venom, all I wanted to do was be a Minecraft YouTuber, funny enough. But uh, that really just showed me that it was possible. That was the biggest thing is that I saw people like that that were creating content for a living. And in my 12-year-old mind at the time, I was like, wow. This is actually something that you can do for a living. This can be your entire life. Right. And I got a couple thousand subscribers on my first Minecraft channel, a couple million views, and that showed me that not only is it possible for them, if I actually put myself into it, this is something that I can do. Yeah. And from then, I was absolutely obsessed with the algorithm and figuring out how to make yourself have the ability to perform on social media. What is the key to figuring out that algorithm, dude? Because like studying, okay, and that and that is one thing I honestly like kind of realized recently is that there's there's no one specific thing that I can say I could say retention I can say clickbait I could say hashtags anything but the only thing that you can truly say is studying is just watching the people that are a step in front of you right. and dissecting what they're doing every single video you see that performs well you don't just think about oh that was a great video you dissect what made that video a great video and what made that perform on the algorithm right so i have a couple of videos that when i say go viral i don't literally mean went viral viral by my standards you know Kent, Kent has his he runs he helps run the ITR social media um, I, you've given tons of tutorials on there and like every time you put up something or you had previously over the summer I was like oh man I gotta watch Kent real quick I gotta understand what the hell he's talking about because I want to go ahead and you know Tormenting Tarmac isn't just a podcast it's the whole thing you know the yes. podcast goes in hand in hand with this Instagram account I made the Instagram ha- account to go along with the podcast that's the whole point right 
and you use social media to be able to go ahead and further what it is that you're trying to do. It's that no matter what you're doing. And that is something that's part of everyone's business now, which is why in my mind, it's so important. Exactly. Everyone needs to have an understanding of it regardless. Exactly. And so I don't understand what I don't understand. And I know, and to be fair, it may, I think you're the perfect person to have because the algorithm will choose when to pop off your videos, man. And then it'll, it'll be interesting because you see the views, and the, but the, the, sometimes the likes don't correlate with the views. Sometimes the <laughs> likes do correlate with the views. And like, I don't understand it. I'm looking at my Instagram account right now. There's also yeah. sometimes reverse correlation inside of that too where the more views and the less likes you have is the better you did because more people are re-watching it. That's fair. That's also fair. And like... Here's a perfect example. I'm going to go ahead and... I'm on my reels right now. I want you to go ahead and scroll down and I want you to go ahead and take a look at the number of four-digit video reels that are in there. Um, I'm not trying to... In no way, shape, or form am I trying to show off because I'm actually quite depressed that there's only a few of them. But, like, <laughs> is, it, it's well, weird. They're there, though. But they're you know. there. And so, like, you, you, you've been doing this for quite a while now. Like... You, you you do you is, is the algorithm something you enjoy studying? Oh my god, I that's it's my video game. Okay, it's been my video game for the last ten years. I've spent ten thousand hours figuring out how to be the best at this video game. Okay, and and I love it. I love it because now that I've taken the time to actually understand it, I get to play it kind of like an instrument. And okay. whenever, and I love that game of oh, I'm I'm not getting great engagement this week. How do I make it perform next week or how can I make a video go viral? I love that. I love that game. I think it's bad for your mental health to play that game, <laughs> but I love that game. I gotcha. Um, you also talked about the fact that you, you, you've been into cars. Like, have you been into cars as long as you've been into like the whole, like understanding of social you know, media and algorithm or is it? I, yeah. And, and that, that's kind of the second part. Uh, I hated cars as a kid. Really? A little bit. My dad had like a 1999 Porsche Carrera when okay. I was growing up. That was a 996? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was a manual cabriolet, just Carrera. Well, 99 is a 993, if I'm not No, it was 996. Okay, you're right. Like yeah. first, first year, of the I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apologies. And it was a manual cabriolet, and I used to sit in the back of that car as like a seven or eight year old or whatever, and I hated it. Because the wind was too loud, the car was scary, and I didn't like it. <laughs> but, and honestly, like, the thing that got me into cars as almost kind of a negative positive was when I realized I was going to get a first car. Like, when I was going into high school and I was like, oh, I'm going to be driving at some point. Right. And initially, I still really didn't like cars because I, I didn't want a fast car. I didn't want something that was going to be more dangerous. Mm -hmm. And the first entire year plus of myself driving, I was really scared to drive because I didn't want to get in an accident. I sure. was scared of the road. But that process of me figuring out with my parents what budget I could get for a first car or what I was going to have to do to get a first car and what are these cheap cars that are like cool and just going on car gurus and looking at every car and f finding... Subaru WRXs with 180,000 miles and a salvage title that I was like, oh, that's the that's perfect the one. one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's my dream car. I and that, that started it for me. And I had a couple of friends that were also into cars in high school. 
my high school didn't really have that many people that were into cars. Definitely not compared to the amount that are at Arizona high school. I was going to say, you're not, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Kent isn't an Arizona, he's an Arizona native now, but he didn't grow up in yeah, Arizona. I, grew up, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. Okay, yeah. So, in, in the cold there, the only car you really can get that's it's cool a Subaru is a WRX. Yeah. And that, that was my first sports car at the end of high school. I got into a Subaru WRX. I had a Audi A5 convertible 2010 as my first car okay that got totaled by somebody that pulled out into me but that car was a sick first car yeah yeah because a convertible in high school you can't beat that and a german convertible yeah that's yeah and i mean and it had the little turbo noise it would mm -hmm. make every once in a while it wasn't a car that was a sports car, really, by any means. It had, like, 180 horsepower, which is kind of enough to it, be a sports car. For sure. I mean, what would that car weigh? Like, 34, 3,500 pounds? It, it, the convertible was, like, 42. Oh, really? It was heavy, heavy. Dang. You add that in with the all-wheel drive, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And automatic, though, right? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. And it didn't it didn't have paddles or anything. It just had you could use the you could the use shifter. the shifter, yeah. but that was it. And I would use that for sure. And I do that now with my car instead of using the you paddles. You don't use the paddles in the, in the super? No, I use the paddles when I'm actually trying to drive. Sure. But I liked it. I I love using and I, I'm kinda I've seen videos of people doing this online. I'm like, why are you doing that? Just use the paddles. But I do it myself now, and I've only done it with this car. None yeah. of the other cars I did it with, but it feels fun when I'm like ripping through a gear and I kind of use it. It's like my fake manual, I guess, in a way. So funny that you say that. I think it's, um, I'm trying to remember which one it is. I think it's Fast 6. The, the opening sequence of Fast 6 after the title sequence, it's Brian and Dom racing because Mia's having her baby. And so they're like driving down this mountain. I think they're based in Spain in, at the beginning of Fast 6. And like they're trying to be cool and show the shifting. And so Dom's in a SRTA Challenger. So it was it must have been the pre-manual. Because if he, I don't know for those of you who don't remember when the SRT8 Challenger got released in 08, the automatic came first before the six-speed. The six-speed came a few months a few months later, but for the first like couple thousand SRT8 challengers that were delivered, they were the five-speed auto. And so, like you see Dom like being the cool guy, like bang, bang. So, <laughs> and I'm, and everyone in the theater was just cringing like, in their seats. Dude, like, I cringed at that seat. I'm like, I'm on, I'm on a Fast and Furious marathon right now. I just started Fat Fast Four again last night. Well, you know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and, you gotta every once in a while. And sometimes you have to. You're not a car enthusiast if you don't have your own respective <laughs> Fast and Furious marathon. Let's just be real. And uh, but that's a joke. But at the same time, it might not. I don't know. Depends. There's some car enthusiasts out there that don't like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I th I think for me, I like I like the way they shaped me as a kid because I saw I saw those as a kid and I wasn't into cars yet. Sure, but. I, I liked the movies. Yes. I liked the sequence of the movies. Of course. And that's not meant as a shot to anybody. That I talk about this all the time. There's two things that got me into cars. The first-gen Lamborghini Murcielago that was in a Buster Rhymes music video. And then The Fast and the Furious in 2001. I was finished watching Jurassic Park 3. And I was completely unsatisfied as you know me being an 11 year old i was like oh my god what am i gonna do now it's my little jorge voice and so <laughs> then i walked across the movie theater and i was like oh cool what's the fast and the furious i walked in and my mind was blown and i was like ah oh, 
Cars. And my boy and Steve I, had this. I think the, the Cars movie also was oh, yeah. a big one for me. Big time. So I was 16 when Cars dropped. And uh, it is easily one of the greatest automotive movies ever made. Yeah. Like, I'm not joking. If you want to really be blown away by the way that the animators were able to go ahead and design, the way that the things were supposed to look, things the way they're supposed to sound, um, the way that cars are actually supposed to handle, not necessarily in cars because they're going around you know, in, in ovals and whatnot, but if you watch Cars 2, boy howdy do you get an understanding that they really looked into every single type of real enthusiast car or like every race car that was not just a stock car and they got it. They got it bad, dude. They got it so good. <laughs> And it, you're just like, oh, Pixar did this? Yeah. Pixar did this. Like, it just blows for, my mind. For a kid's movie, too. For know? a kid's movie. I mean, dude, I don't know about you. I was hyped to go see Cars 3. I was. And, and Cars 3 low-key is really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, again, one of the greater... I, I think greater that is ever. one of the few, like, kids' movies that I would still, still definitely keep watching yeah the more they come out with kent had the pleasure of meeting my three boys earlier this evening when he go ahead when he went in came into my house and um they are huge cars fans so like they better be <laughs> yeah i'm like okay we're good we're good sorry but my eyes itching like crazy You're right good. now that happens um but um so back to what we were originally talking about we were talking about the a5 and then yes. you moved into the WRX afterwards? Yes. Okay, after, cool. after that A5 got totaled, I got into the, uh, or I guess pretty much totaled and then sold it after that, but okay. I got into a manual WRX STI, which was an awesome car. What year was this? It was the car or the... Well, uh, the, the, the car, the, this would have been like 20, what, 16, 2017? 2017, 2018, and the car was a 2018 STI that I got on a lease. Oh, okay. So I couldn't That's modify the current it. Gen, well, the last gen, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I guess now there's the new WRX, but... Yeah, and there's no STI. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? What do you feel about that? You having been a previous uh, SCI owner. You know, the, and this, this is one thing I will continue to say. The STI was my car that I enjoyed the most. Really? Out of every car, my Lamborghini, whatever car I've owned. The STI was the car that I enjoyed the most because it lived up to every single one of my expectations. Even more so than the, than the Supra? Ten times more. Really? And honestly, the Supra is my worst in that aspect, I would say, out of the cars that I've owned. Because the Supra has amazing capabilities and it has amazing things inside of it. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I was coming out of a GTR when I got into the Supra. And that. comparing this, the Supra to the GTR, the Supra is not a car that is comparable. The Supra is much closer to the WRX than it is to the GTR, and the price justifies that it's closer to the GTR. Which is hilarious because, you know, you go into back into the mid-90s and whatnot, the Skyline GTR was the rival to the Supra and, 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 and the NSX. And, and that, the that's, exactly, that's exactly what I mean of yeah. why I... The Supra, when it came out, I believe the first variation of the 6-liter in the new 2021 right. is... Was three hundred and two horsepower? I think three hundred eighty-two, right around there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the second variation that oh, mine okay. is three eighty. Okay. The first one was like three twenty-five or something like that. Okay. And the initial nine, like the R thirty-four generation Toyota Supra, 
That was the Mark IV Supra. Yeah. That car made like 200 horsepower. And now the new R35 GTR makes 510 horsepower and the new Supra made 325. So the difference in the cars was like not even marginally close. Right. And the, the, the Supra did not live up to my expectations, but the STI did because it didn't promise anything. Sure. It promised a sports car that was going to be fast enough. It was going to have all-wheel drive, and it was going to be able to move. And that car was awesome. Like, rowing gears and being able to drift it in the winter, the STI was an amazing car. Right. And I wish they still had a new STI. I can understand that everything has to kind of go at some point, and that they might be separating it into an EV STI or whatever. Right. But, I, you know, that generation of WRX and STI was just awesome. Dude, but, isn't it? Because I feel like there's a lot of people who aren't the biggest fan of this past gen. Like, I actually... I, I, I prefer... From a aesthetic standpoint, from a visual standpoint, I think it's the best looking of all the WRX STIs. I, I love the 2004s as well. That's the, the Hawkeye, right? Uh, or is I, that right before the Hawkeye? I believe it's right before. Okay, cool. But I like I like kind of all of the old ones as sure. well, and I love that I love the hatchback too. Mm-hmm. That that's Fast and Furious Four right oh, there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian whipping around at the. Uh, at the so I do, I don't think there's a bad one to pick to be honest. No, there's not. But I do uh, now. I, I don't know if I like the my, my generation the most, mm-hmm. but I I really I think it was a great car, and and I think for me it was a car that was just the perfect car to learn on because it wasn't too crazy fast where I wouldn't be able to handle it. Right. It was all wheel drive. So it was easy to control and it was just a car that you could beat. I, I, I had it. I just did axle back exhaust on it. Never did an intake or anything, put like some stickers on it. And that was my modification. Right. And that was perfect. Cause I could just beat on that car all day, rip it first gear, second gear, third gear. And that was, that was my fun. Right. That was my fun in Boulder. And it also was a car that, in Boulder, was a sick car. Heck yeah. And here, if I wasn't living in North Scottsdale, it'd still be a sick car. But, Even if and, you are living in Scottsdale, I think people would be like, oh man, that's a... This is a I'm know. sure I'd show up to the gas station, but it yeah. might be a little hard when I roll past the other guy at the gas station. If you pull up the Highline in an STI, you're not even going to hit You're not turning bad eye. But sometimes that's okay. Um, I, I, I felt the same way talked about this a couple times and i don't know if i've mentioned it on the podcast i've mentioned the fact that i used to own an st um i got rid of it in 2020 right before the pandemic like blew up right um it was like early march of 2020 i went ahead and traded it and my wife and i bought a minivan instead because we got kids i'm a family man damn it my my kids need to be rolled up you know in a van you know what i'm saying and so I, i got rid of it but i owned that car for two years uh, I bought it in January of 2018, and I got rid of it in March of 2020. I put 50,000 miles in 24 months, Ken. That's, That's a, a good, good chunk, <laughs> right? At no point, though, did I feel in love with that respective car, but it was perfect for me because it was the first enthusiast car that I'd had in about like seven years. And so I didn't want to go ahead and just jump into something like crazy. You know, my very first sports car, I've talked about it countless times. Most people know it's a Z32 
uh, 300ZX, which is why the logo is what it is. Shout out to Logi Media for making that for me. And so, shout out Logi. Logi's the man. <laughs> and so, I hope he listens to this. If you listen to this, Logi, we're going to make shout that out. podcast. <laughs> shout out to you and you're the man. Um, but that being said, I needed to get into something that I felt comfortable with. And I hadn't driven stick in a very long time. And I got into that and I felt comfortable with that with that car within 48 hours. Like that's how like that's I've I've driven a couple of them and they're also it's this same thing as the WRX. Really it's, easy to drive. It's easy and it's it's fun. It's not crazy, it's fun. Yes. You do get used to the power very quickly though. Like that 250 yeah. becomes apparent very quickly, and no wonder well, people and, tune them and up. And also though. That happens with any car. Very true. Any and I mean that as any car up to eight hundred horsepower. I was gonna say, so your GTR that you had previous to having the super, and not to mean, I don't want to blow up your spot, but you have had a few cars. I believed you had an R eight previous to that. So uh, I had, I get. I'll I'll run through the list. It was the A five convertible, mm-hmm. WRX STI, and then I went to BMW M four convertible. Which was uh, F eighty three, and that was on boot mod tuned. My first like tuned modified car, and then I had Audi R eight V ten Spider convertible two thousand and eleven. Okay, so that was the um, S Tronic, right? The single clutch. Yes. Okay, cool. And on that car, it was perfect. It was great. You but liked it, really? Y- yes, but let me say this. All right. After that, I got the R35 GTR, and then I had the 2013 Lamborghini Gallardo Final Edition, which was an E-Gear single clutch. But it's actually okay. No. I hated the E-Gear. Really? (laughs) The the E-Gear? The E-Gear made me never want to buy a single clutch car again, and the the S-Tronic? Yeah. Or I think it might actually be. Is it the, the R-Tronic that's single clutch? Yeah, I think the, the S-Tronic is the dual clutch. I'm yeah. sorry, I misspoke. Anybody but who's an Audi the, R8 the, owner, don't kill me, please. The R-Tronic single clutch, it was harsh, but I loved it because it gave you a feeling. The one on the Lamborghini in the E gear just made it scary. Really? It just made it sketchy because every time you're trying to park, it's the jerkiest. Yeah. But on the on the Audi, it was jerky, but it was controllable. It was something that I didn't really mind that much. And for me, that was my first. That was a big leap. How? I'd, I'd gone from the Subaru WRX into the Audi R8 V10 within a span of four months. So how long did you own them for, though? Around three, four months. Jeez. So I went straight from that into that, and then that was like, oh wow, this right. is this is a real car. I'm in a supercar now. Yeah, for sure. And that was a crazy jump for me. And the Audi R8. Is and the GTR are both cars that I cherish the experience of them, and I think I will probably get another R8 just because of how great of a car it was, and I would like to do a non-convertible again. Yeah. But the R8 was the best experience I've had in any car because it brought me into the Arizona car scene. 100%. And it gave me some of the craziest experiences. At that time, I was 19, 20 when I first got the Audi R8. Yeah. And that was just crazy. Yeah. I, I, I was... Went from regular kid in a Subaru WRX to showing up to the grocery store in the Audi R8, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Now, I, I want to ask, and I don't want to go ahead and venture too much into your personal life, but if you don't mind me asking, was it like, was that, was the content creation that allowed you to go ahead and like do that leap off? Uh, no, that it or? wasn't at that point. And okay. 
that the personal story has a lot of different levels to it and different things inside of it. And some things have kind of been, some things have been attributed to content yeah. and things like I've made, I paid for a lot of mods and things on my super and other things like that. Uh, however, at that point in my life, my grandmother had passed away recently oh, okay. and I had received some money from her and I wanted to go all in on content. And I was doing like kind of well with Instagram pages that I was growing and everything like that. And I wanted to put money towards that. Yeah. So I used the money that I got from her to put as a down payment on that car gotcha. and kind of went in on it. Okay. I, I apologize. I didn't mean to go ahead. And, that was my intention was I was just because I know that you've done the content creation. You know, you've been working on a couple million views on, on, on yeah, and and Minecraft stuff. And I, and I had I had done by that point too in my social media journey when I got the Audi R8, the only reason that I was willing to go in on it at that point was because I had done at that point it wasn't a couple million views and a couple thousand subscribers for Minecraft it was I had been growing and building JDM and Carpage is for the last couple of years and at that point I had done hundreds of millions of views instead of a couple and I wanted to try and do my own thing which didn't end up working out but it was still a pretty great experience yeah I want to ask you a question because, you know, you, you talked about that you basically kind of invested in yourself and you're like, hey, I'm in, I'm in, I want to get a cool car because I want to be able to go ahead and, I guess, use that to build off my content or pop off my content creation. Yeah. Um, as an investment, Ken, like, is that always the right move for others that are wanting to do content creation? Absolutely or not. Okay. And that was the lesson. That was the lesson that I learned the harshest from that experience. And there's there's three parts to this too, is that at that point in my life, I had been in Arizona for around a year, mm-hmm. and I had come from Colorado and I'd moved out here and I'd not really done anything and I didn't have any friends. I was living in Tempe, but I wasn't going to school, so I hadn't met anyone, right. and I hadn't really involved myself in the car scene, so I hadn't really met anyone. And for me. Beyond the part of wanting it to blow up my social media, I wanted to make friends. Sure. And that car was my gateway to that within social media as well. That's cool. It was my introduction to meeting people inside the car scene in Arizona. And that is the investment that I actually made money on in the long run and made lessons on in the long like that, it's an emotional that, that is that is the investment that I will earn on is the people that I met from that car. And as, as we speak about myself working with ITR Visuals, they first met me when they shot that car. Okay. And I saw them on a supercar rally, Hyper Rally 2020, in that Audi R8. Nice. So that was the first time I had ever met them, and now I'm working with them three years later. That's you know? so cool. Let's, um, I want to jump into that for a second, because um, shout out to Raf, shout out to Jesus. Um, I, I've met them before. Um, I actually, when, when you and I met up, we, uh, at Gold Rush over at Radford back in June, um, you guys were there shooting crazy content. I know that you guys were up to some cool shenanigans after that, <laughs> after that track day ended and they, they were, yeah, really, that was, that was a fun that was day crazy. for us. Um, so if they listen to this, shout out to you guys. I really appreciate you guys' work and you guys' creativity. Um, you've been working with them now for, 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 for a while. Um, what do you feel that allows them and you guys together to make to a make such an incredible team and b um, really man you guys have a way of creating your content that 
with all due respect to anybody else who's a content creator here in the Arizona area, you guys, you guys are special. You guys do some stuff that I'm like, man, I would love to work. Like, I, I genuinely say this. I want to work with you guys one day and whatnot. Whether or not that's like, you know, I'm doing a podcast and you guys are doing the filming, B-roll and stuff like that. Or just like seeing how you guys do stuff. Like, but what do you think about it that Jesus and Raph bring to the table and you bring to the table as well that makes you guys such an excellent team? Uh, I mean, I think there's a million different things that go into that and but I, I think speaking from all all of our own experiences is that and this I, I, I want to say that this is something that is not always there even for us but I think the majority of people who try to continue to push the barrier and try to grow on social media or try to grow as a business at some point have to lose your passion I think that you have to leave part of it there in order to be your client's interest or anything like that. But the reason why myself and them work so well is because we've both chosen to prioritize our own happiness, passion, and purpose inside of what we do over the other side of just pushing the barriers of business. And now there has to be a balance of it inside Of of it either way. But at least on the social media side, which is what most people see, or when we get to work with automotive clients, which are more of a passion project right. than a business-based project, they're passion work. Mm-hmm. And that that's why it works so well is because we're not grinding out a video saying, I'm just going to get this done so I can have it up for the client. They're trying to get a video out saying, I want this video to be sick. Yes. You guys have this real great thing. And you can tell when you, I love you guys' behind the scenes. That, that, that tends to be some of my favorite stuff that you guys put out on top of the fact that your guys' like, the actual video stuff is absolutely incredible. Like whether it's a 45-second reel that you guys made for a client or whether or not it's you know a few minutes long and whatnot. Like you can tell that the passion is there. But what's, you guys make those shoots like really hilarious. Every single time all of a sudden like Raph or Jesus will go ahead and pop open the trunk to something and then you see you curled up and like – Hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they're having the time of their life. And, and that, that's that's exactly what this year has been is that this has kind of almost been a year of like, or I guess this last year has been is it's been like, I was kind of just following them around because I, I didn't need to go on any, any a single one of those shoots. Yeah. I just wanted to go because we were just having fun and that made it awesome. I wanted to learn a lot about the content creation side, even though that's not my specialty or where I'm making You money. say that that's not your specialty, but damn, we're going to get into that. I, <laughs> you, you, I think you're personally a wizard behind the video the video camera. I really do mean that. Oh, I've, I've had my time off now and everybody has leveled up so quickly, but I, I, I do appreciate that. But um, we, that's that's what this year, this year for me was just us going around and working on ourselves mm-hmm. in every way that we can possible, pushing the barriers. But we were just having fun the entire time that we were doing it. And that's what made it special. Going into 2023, you guys are going to continue to collaborate with one another. Um, Although in a lot less and in a different direction as well. I will say that. That that being said, well, that's perfect. So what do you feel the – what are you guys' I guess goals for 2023 – um, as as a team, I know that you, you you're not officially part of the staff with them and whatnot, but you work with them so much yeah. it almost makes it seem like you are. Yeah. Um, and and we will continue to be working very close. And I imagine a lot of I imagine this year we will still actually be very closely together in what we do. Yeah. Except it's kind of just going to branch out a little bit because I kind of want to take a bit of my own direction an initiative 
more on myself. Um, but I guess my, my goal for 2023 for myself is to scale up the social media management and consultation specifically side that's the side I'm more focused on. And then I am also building a short form editing and short form content, uh, I guess agency. So where we have editors that'll edit captioned videos for podcasts and stuff like that. Okay. So all three of those are angles that I'm trying to scale with, uh, organic content on new pages that I'm creating that are completely, away from ITR and any of my other social media that I've ever done that I'm kind of restarting again with, which I'm excited to do. Right. And then ITR, I can't speak for any of their goals, but I, I know that their goal is is to just do everything bigger. So bigger projects, b- bigger, bigger crews every time they're working with people, bigger yeah. deals, bigger everything, you know, and just keep moving in that direction maintain the relationships that they still have and just try and elevate elevate in their own lane that's a good word you, that elevate your brand is you guys' tagline if i'm not mistaken that's mm-hmm. a perfect word i want to segue into what you're going to be doing because you told me about that you and i actually um i don't want to spoil it but we're going to be working on something hopefully down the road and i'm really excited for it because I, I finally get a chance to go ahead and a learn more from you um b I, I feel like that may, may actually help out Tormenting Tarmac, which is a really big deal to me. Uh, but so. Whether or not it, it's a passion project, I still, if I can go ahead and make this better quality than it is, I'm 100% down to do it. Um, so we've talked about content creation a lot and we've talked a bit about social media. So you wanting to go ahead and take upon this as a passion project for you. Um, you know, what this, what you told yourself you wanted to go ahead and kind of elevate and whatnot, but you're here now, and after two ye- two years, if you will, now in Arizona, three years now? Uh, it's been a little over two years. A little yeah, over two, two years. Um, what made you say this is the direction that you want to go ahead and go in? Well, I, I, think, I think it wasn't something that I necessarily found out. I think it's something that, you know, I've kind of, uh, I've had to hit my head in every direction before I could figure it out here. And automotive, for me... Uh, to kind of go back to the very first question is that like in 2016 I was watching people like Vehicle Virgins and Daily Driven Exotics slowly coming onto the scene later end of my high school and I thought that that's what I wanted to do for a living was I wanted to be them pretty much. You wanted to be an automotive YouTuber. Yes and or just content creator and I figured found my way kind of with the TikTok and Instagram here where I got tens of millions of views on TikTok grew hundreds of thousands of followers with my friends and then I kind of fell off of that, fell out of love with it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the second time I was working with ITR and I tried it from the direction of a content creator, mm-hmm. somebody creating content for businesses, automotive and non-automotive. <laughs> but this year I've kind of le- finally kind of figured out my direction is neither of those because I love cars, right. but cars are not who I am. And, and I'm dissociating from that identity to try and find my own direction. And I love creating content. And I would love for 20% of the content that I create to be involved with automotives if I can. That would be awesome. But what I love is creating content where I get to show emotion. And I love helping people in the game that I'm a master at. And that's not to toot my own horn, but after thousands of hours of social media and 
hundreds of millions of views, hundreds of thousands of followers of growth. I know what I know what I'm doing. Right. And I I know how I can help people make a real impact on their day-to-day lives, make a real impact on things that matter to them by telling them things that I've learned in my journey. That's so beautiful, dude. Like and I'm so happy and and, and again, it's not the fact that you feel like you don't have a big head. It's not that. It's the fact that you know what you're good at and you want to be able to go ahead and help others who want to get to where you've been. You want to go ahead and help them too. You are not a competitive dude. And it, I mean, you all of us have some type of, some level of competition. Let's be real. You have we to. have a competitive you have side. You want to go ahead and be the best you can possibly be. But you, you can want to be the best you can possibly be without having to feel like you need to be better than the other person on the other side. Yeah, and that's a big thing myself and ITR talk about as well is that there are a lot of people in the car scene and in the content creation scene that feel like they have to put you down to get up. Right. But I think there's room for everyone. I gotcha. That's a per- Man, you're really good at this podcasting thing, Ken. Because <laughs> you're going everywhere I want you to go, and it's beautiful. Social media and automotive, we, we kind of talked about that before we went ahead and hit the record button. What do you feel, as the expert in the field, what do you feel people get right about it and what do you feel people get wrong about it? Well, I, th- I mean, I think there's a million different things on all of those, once again. And uh, I think that what people get right is right now everybody is making reels, but I, I think that what people get wrong is their so many people are creating for the wrong reasons and they're creating content they don't like to try and push a number that they don't realize right. is not going to benefit them. And that that's honestly one of the things that I would say to so many of these kids who are trying to build a page for their BRZ or anything like that that are trying to get to 20, 30,000 followers so that they can use it as something because they see the guy there with sponsorships and stuff. That will not change your life. That will change your life because you have connections and stuff like that, but it's not going to be your income. It's also not going to be something that you can necessarily like do anything with other than that. It's just that one direction to go inside of that. And I think so many people think that you need that to be an ego, but now kind of having gone through that and I attached a big part of my ego to the followers and stuff like that. And it made me a worse person when I was going through that. And having broken that down and had to rebuild it up in a way, I, I now see so many people trying to chase after that because they think it will make them feel like they are okay. Right. If they have that many followers, they're worth something. And I think people need to use social media if they're doing it and they're not trying to do it for a living and they're trying to do it for fun. They need to be doing it. For, with that reason they need to be doing it for fun and it can't be something that separates people in the automotive scene so many people you'll go to Highline Auto and, you, and you'll see a group of kids that are sitting there that are all the kids that are social media kids that have thousands of followers or whatever and they're almost unapproachable to the kids that don't have that right. and that is not at all what social media or cars is about right. in any way and it sucks that it has divided into those two areas now you know it has made it like a, a high school scene where everybody's kind of like fighting over popularity and going into niches and clicks. And I think that part is pe- something that people get wrong. 
So I wish people would create content that they were more passionate about when they're building their social medias. I gotcha. The one thing I, I've, as I've had the Instagram account, I think for a little over a year and a half now, because um, I started the Instagram account prior to start the, 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 as I've said this before, the whole point was to start the podcast. And I was like, I should go ahead and start the social media to just go ahead and kind of get a, a, a groove and understanding of what is the Phoenix car community at the time, because I'm a native Tucsonan. Um, and I'd been here for a couple of years, but not heavy into the car scene. Now, I, I'm—I wouldn't say I'm heavy into it here, but I sure as hell know a whole hell of a lot more people than I did a year ago. That's yeah. for sure. And I appreciate every single one of you legends that listen and follow the Instagram account. Shout out to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies, baby. But I noticed, and my my friend and you know previous co-host, but still co-founder of this podcast, Ron, who is incredible to me. Um, I remember putting up a reel or make, getting ready to make a reel um, of the Lucid that I got a chance to drive in November. And one, I had at that point, I had gone ahead and put up two reels that got like 5,000 plus views. And I was like, oh man, that's a lot of views for the size of my Instagram account, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons that I thought that one of them got popped off was because of the music selection that I made, which is true. That's the whole point. When you go ahead and you're making a reel and you're going to go ahead and choose the audio, Instagram tells you how many hits that particular song has been, has been used that, in, right? How many posts, yeah. How many posts, thank you. And, and the trending arrow on it is exactly. a big indicator. Exactly. For sure. And at that moment in time, that particular post, I was like, I'm going to chase the numbers again, which was the wrong idea. Terrible idea. That's never the choice that you want to make. So I went ahead and I used, this was in November, I decided to go ahead and use a Kanye song. Wrong song to use in November, bro. It's the wrong song you can use now, let alone in November. And so I posted it, and Ron and messages not even two minutes later after I posted this. He's like, bro, don't, no, no. You really want to use Kanye right now? It's like, oh, dude, but it's, the algorithm is telling me to use it. He's like, bleep the algorithm. Like, don't, no, no. Like, you and I and this podcast are better than that. And I was like, it, it took me like a minute and a half to go and respond. Like, you know, when you're Instagram, when you're DMing somebody on Instagram or when you're using your iPhone, the bubbles are popping up. Like, that was me on his other side. I was like, I hate it when you're right. So I took it down and then I used another song. Did it do the numbers that I wanted it to? No. Did I feel better about it emotionally and mentally? Hundred percent, and and I think what you're you're kind of saying in a way is is a point that I I'll, I'll kind of navigate around here is that I think you can create content, optimize yourself for the algorithm, get a bunch of views, get a bunch of followers, in the long run, and all do it in a way that you stay at least mostly authentic. Yeah, and I think regardless, no matter what, you have to kind of chase views. Sure. at some point if you want to elevate inside of it but i think that you can like i think you can choose to stay authentic inside of it and i don't think it's a bad thing to try and get views i think it's a bad thing to try and build a platform that is not authentically you and right. is not something you want to do i agree with you 100 percent, and i think that's the beautiful beautiful thing about this podcast and I think it's the beautiful thing about what you guys do over at ITR the level of authenticity that I think exists within our respective uh, content creation if you will um, I think that's what allows us to go ahead and be uh, when you listen to this podcast you, you're you not getting a fake version of Jorge you're getting 
me as I yeah. am. And my wife is going ahead and nodding her head right now in the background and whatnot because she knows the real me. But at the end of the day, like that, that is what you're going to get from me. I'm a 33-year-old car enthusiast who really enjoys everything. Like I got – you saw how hyped up I got over an STI, bro. Like I get – like I just love it. That's what I love. And if you – I'm not an expert by any means. But I agree with you when you talk about the authenticity and what ne what is needed, what is required in order for people to at least not just like you, but acknowledge you really within this space is be you. Don't be fake. That you talk about the social media kids that basically are you know they they, they do their little clicks and whatnot. And like, I, I, thankfully, I don't know who they are, and if I did, all right, cool, man. Like respect to you, but at the same time, like just be you. Yeah, you gotta be. And, and the the only reason that I feel I have the ability to say that is because I was one of those kids, mm -hmm. and, and that was kind of what I enjoyed out of the car scene for a long time. It didn't come out of a point of inauthenticity originally, as I said when I bought the Audi R8. I just wanted to make friends, right? And I wanted to find something with that, and it kind of exploded into something that was much bigger than that when. I'd gone from having no friends to having too many people to talk to. I gotcha. And that is what made me seclude myself is I was getting used by a lot of people, you know, and I didn't want to allow that to continue happening. So I kind of blocked myself off from that and it made me cold and inauthentic. But I think the breakdown and rebuild of that has allowed me to see it from a different perspective where I can now say you can do all yeah. of the above. And your collaboration with ITR has really gone ahead and made you you know, show off who you really are. That like real good dude, real <laughs> I good dude. I, 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 and I mean and, that. And I, I think this year it won't be as much in cars or with ITR, but I think this year I will actually get to come into myself that's and show, show the version of myself that I really want to be. And that's also the point of this podcast right now is to be able to go ahead and show Kent, Absolutely. the dude who is just a, He's a car enthusiast who happens to be really good at social media and happens to really enjoy cars. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just another kid that got lucky, you yeah. know, and that's what I like to say, but it really is true. And like that, that, that's the best thing for me is that I've had a lot of these crazy experiences, but I also look at it from the point of view of the kid that was 18 in Colorado and had the STI and said this was the coolest car in the world. Yeah. And I look at all the experiences I've had and say, oh my God, that's absolutely insane. It's and I will see a hatchback STI still after owning a Lamborghini and an Audi R8 or something like that. And, and I'll see a sick modded out one at a gas station. I'll be like, oh my God, yes. that's so sick. <laughs> now, trust me, it's got to be a little better than the ones that were in Colorado with a rock chip in the bumper. Absolutely. But they've got some good ones out here. They've got some good... You know what? I was talking with Cody, CJN Photography, who is the homie. Um, he's become... He's a huge supporter of this podcast. And I'm, I am I like to go ahead and mention people, not because I want to go ahead and say, oh, I know this person, but it's because they're real, real, genuine, good people like yourself. And I admire them. And if I can go ahead and get the opportunity to go ahead and give them a shout out anytime I can... You bet your ass I'm going to do it. And Cody's a, Cody's a great photographer. Cody's sure. a fantastic photographer. Yeah. Like he, he, he's experimenting with film and every time he nails it. And he was the first person who ever took a photo of any of my cars in Arizona. Why is that not surprise me? Why does that not surprise me? He's the small he's, world. It is a small world, but at the same time, like, and he knows I got all kinds of love for him. So this is not coming from a place of like, oh, well, you know, I'm making crap up. No, he's been on the podcast twice. 
he told me, like, he's been genuine with me. He's a great supporter. We're going to be working on a cool project hopefully at the end of the month. And I'm super looking forward to it with some of the other um, Arizona-based photographers. Um, but one of the things he said, and I remember this vividly, is like, the Phoenix community is such a huge hub for JDM. And people don't quite understand it, but it's the truth. And you're talking about STIs, but more than just STIs, man. Like, everything that... Now, now the early mid 90s stuff is making itself available here now everybody's everybody's got some good stuff out there yeah slowly but surely more and more and and i i do think i think there's a big part of the arizona car scene that is kind of i love a clean build right and I, i think that in everybody's kind of area of figuring out who they are as a car person there becomes a lot of builds that are kind of not that clean in arizona but there's also a lot of really cool ones. Yeah. And I, I love when I do go to a car meet, it's not as often now as it used to be. I love when I see a car that's just well put together, regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time there'll be cars that I hate. It's like a Scion TC or something, and I'm like, oh, I don't really I don't <laughs> like the car, but they did a good job. Yeah. You know? You guys actually um, you and the ITR boys, weren't you guys over at like a, here in Surprise like a few months ago because there's this big car meet at the um at the Rangers baseball stadium with yes, spring training? Yes, it was a clean enough event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put the rig on the Supra for the first time. Yeah, how was that? That was fun. It was really fun just watching everybody. We set up the rig and having everybody play with it. And it was it was really fun watching people's reaction to the car with the rig on it. Right. Because just driving around the area, uh, I've, like I said, I've owned all the other cars and I've driven through car meets in a GTR. But I've never Everyone gotten the reaction <laughs> that I got with the camera on the car. I got you, dude. It was really it's, funny to you, watch everyone. You, the just, way you use that car, like, I, I, I respect it and whatnot. And I know that your intention was never to use the Purpura, you know, for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes. It's an adorable nickname. I love it and I hope it sticks. Um, but your intention was never to use that car as a camera car. Well, the, the, the intention of that car was to be a daily driver. Yes. And it was to be the daily driver of my Lamborghini before many different things went down and broken and ended up selling the Lamborghini. But it was meant to just be kind of the more basic daily driver car. And it was never planned to be a build. It was just supposed to be what it was at stock. And I didn't know how long I was going to have it. And now it's kind of evolved into the ITR build with the... It's the ITR mobile. (laughs) With the variant wheels, with... The livery, the ITR livery, the purple wrap, the carbon fiber, and everything. And I've shot, I've shot videos of supercars and ZL1s and everything out of that car. And yeah. we've, I, I, I mean, I've had a lot of memories inside of that car, yeah. regardless of what's happened. With yeah, it. I mean, you guys did the Gold Rush stuff after they left that track. They, yeah, you and, guys were... and that was a mistake because the rig burned holes into the wrap. Oh, that, that, that was also the hottest day of the year that year. That was why. Like about 115 that day. It was so like 8 o'clock. We <laughs> mounted the our Movemax camera rig, which is essentially massive suction cup rig to control your camera arm, yeah. onto the Toyota Supra during Gold Rush Rally and chased down the rally for about an hour <laughs> In the Supra, going definitely illegal speeds, which was awesome. We were all they were all in Mexico. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we took a quick detour. Um, but after we parked, we parked at a restaurant, yeah. and they took off the rig because we were done there putting it back in the ITR Audi car, and it had burned 
what looked like nipples into the car <laughs> and it was brown burnt Man. into the car so i had to get that that the entire hood piece on my car right now is a replaced piece that's crazy that's crazy. but that that's a hell of a that's the thing it was it's a hell it. of a memory it's worth oh it. yeah it was really fun yeah it was, it was really expensive dave but it was really fun that's not covered by the warranty, unfortunately. No. Uh, then we do have, we got camera insurance, but we don't have camera burning holes into your wrap insurance. That's totally fair. I want to ask you a quick question because we, we've we kind of gone around it, but we really haven't dug deep into what your thoughts are on car culture in a way. Um, you know, being a Colorado kid, now you're in Arizona. Um this is going to be an interesting question. I'm hoping that it comes out the way that I want it to. But what does car culture mean to you and how has it helped you grow as a person and as a businessman? Like, is there the, – can, can you split car, it? Car culture has made me. Period. I, and I will say that. Yeah, I'll, I will that. say that as someone that is disconnecting myself from it in yeah. a way right now. But car culture for me was what I came to when I – and this kind of circles all the way back. When I moved to Arizona – Car culture is what allowed me to have friends. And what I think of car culture is, and it sounds kind of cringy, but it's like, it's kind of this family that's always there. That, like, even if you don't see them for a year, you can still come back and have fun with everyone. And I think that's what it was for me, is it was the first place that I was in Arizona where I was accepted. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to make Every single connection I have in Arizona with eight, nine fi- figure business owners, with people that own supercars, with people that are just my great friends that have a Volkswagen Golf that I hang out with. Every, sing- every single thing that I have had that I've enjoyed in Arizona has come from car culture. So, so it means a lot for me. And it also has been there for the entirety of my entire arc of like, I guess becoming a young man, a young adult. Hmm. Uh, when I was a complete degenerate in high school, all the way until the person that I am now has evolved with my cars. And it's been that passion, the thing that keeps going on, the memories that are still there. And there was no car culture in Colorado, and coming to Arizona and watching it was the reason I came here. That's, and that has been beautiful. That's, a, that's what car culture is all about, bro. Um, you nailed it. I think of car culture the same way. Um, I don't know. To, to me, in a different way, I don't know. It hasn't made me, but it has helped me evolve. Um, and also, in me saying that, that's probably, it probably isn't the healthiest way. No, no, no. But, it but, it's, but it actually can be. It, because it, it can be. And it, everyone has their own path. Everybody sure. has their own path. And, and you mentioned it. You mentioned it multiple times. And what I love about it is like you found the people who have become the most, some of the most important people in your life and in your growth. And some people find that later in their life. Some people find it earlier in their life. Some people find it at one half and then find the rest of it at another half. doesn't matter. Like whatever helped you become the person that you are becoming and continuing to evolve into. Like if, if there was something about whether it's car culture, if it's YouTube, if it's, you know, sports, whatever that is, it is what it is. Like it's still something that you can go ahead and cling on to and be like, I'm really glad that I went about it this way. And and that's one thing, and I think this doesn't apply to car culture. It applies to every single part of life. And most people now have kind of this same mindset is that I don't regret the way anything happened. It all happened the way it was supposed to. I agree. Absolutely. That's, I 
you're killing it right now, man. Um, I, I get we're, we're getting towards. I think we're getting towards the end of the pod. It's, been, right. a, it's been a great episode, yeah. dude. You're, you're I'm so happy. I'm so happy you decided to come on. Um, I've been trying to at least get one of you guys, if not all of you, on at some <laughs> I'm point. Glad I'm, I'm glad I know I, I couldn't bring out the other guys. No, no, but it's I okay. It I, I, again, I love this like one-on-one vibe right now because, and I felt I had a feeling. And I only, I mean, what I feel comfortable enough to leave this on the pod. I had a feeling that I knew that Kent had something to say. You know what I mean? Like you, you sometimes you meet people and you're like, there's more to that person in a positive manner. And like, I want that person to be able to go ahead and sit down with somebody that actually they get along with and actually be able to go ahead and fully express themselves in a way that they don't always get a chance to. And I'm, I think maybe that's the, that's where I want to go with in 2023 with Tormenting Tarmac is I want to go ahead and see how t- car culture has helped someone shape themselves into the person that they're becoming at that moment in time or how it, you know, whether or not they already feel they've become the person because I think it's important and it, it, get, it allows me to go ahead and understand it's you know, in a weird way. It's almost like a really great sociology experiment, like a, in the, in the good sociology, not the boring one that it took a Pima community college trash, but <laughs> Uh, more, I guess it's more psychology, really, when you really think about it. Not yeah. But I want to ask you a couple things. You you brought up vehicle virgins. You brought up DDE, and how they've been a bit of an influence <laughs> to you and whatnot. Like, what are some of the other automotive content creators that have allowed you to kind of evolve yourself? And then, like, who do you watch? Do you, do you watch others? And who who are they? You you know, um, that was kind of one thing uh, in my arc. Uh, and that is one thing that I've been lucky enough to do and so many other people from the Arizona car scene who have had a similar experience to me have had the ability to do is the ability to meet people. And a lot of those people that I loved and watched growing up, yeah. it was a humbling and not great experience to meet them when I met them in person. I had a lot of people that weren't the character that they played online. And I think that has been great to shaping my mind as someone that does social media to say, hey, I don't want to be that person. Right. But I think a couple of creators that have definitely... I watched the Alex Troy in high school, end of high school, getting into Arizona. Definitely don't watch him now. And I don't really watch that many automotive creators right now every once in a while. Honestly, recently, the biggest people that I would watch is the Hamilton Collection. Mm. I think that they have a really, a really good thing going on and I think that they have genuine intention behind everything that they do. Yeah. I think I've I've never really been big on Stradman, but I think he has genuine intention what he does for sure. Yeah. And the the biggest one was for me Savage Garage, I would say. May you as, rest as, in peace. Absolutely. And that's he 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 in my mind is the realist automotive content creator. Right. Like he he was a real dude for sure and it's uh, it's definitely sad that he's not here anymore because I loved watching his videos and I I loved that you could see you can see right through right yeah. when you watch a video and you can see that he's not he's not doing it because he wants kids to come up to him because he wants followers he's doing it because he wants to make an impact with it he wanted to share mm-hmm. he wanted to share and I think that's the the best the best content creators. Um, not, 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 not journalists and whatnot, because journalists is an entirely different thing, right? But those content creators, you know, whether or not it, it was somebody like Savage, um, whether it's somebody like Shmi, uh, Stradman, those guys, they, they want to share. 
in a, in a, in a real way. Um, Manny Koshman, <clears throat> maybe not. Maybe not. I, 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 I he might. I, I can't tell his intentions because I've never met him. Neither have I. Never will. But, probably. Uh, he does. He doesn't seem on the same wavelength. No. And yeah. and I think that's okay. I think some people can go ahead and do their own thing and not have it be toxic on social sure. media. But I do think that I I think the day that the day that uh, Savage died, I saw this video of him that was him talking to one of his fans for like two three minutes. And I imagine the clip is a 10-minute clip in reality. Right. But it was just this kid that was saying, like, I love your videos. I'm inspired by you. And he was, like, breaking down, crying that he was saying, like, this is what this is what I'm doing this for. And it's there to inspire somebody that they have the possibility yeah. to be that success. And for me, the, the real people who inspired me to do that were in that initial realm when I was playing Minecraft. You know, when I said, oh, my God, I can do this. Yeah. I, I don't have to take the traditional path. I have a way, and I need to go this way. Yeah. I need to make an impact. I need to do something in this direction. And a lot of the car people showed me even more how realistic that goal was. And I, I think that Randy was a great person to show you that you can push limits. Yeah, You can be a kid that came from nothing. You can be a kid that came from anywhere. And you can end up with this massive car collection, change the world. No, I got you. And... Um... I'll be honest, it's going to be funny, so I apologize. Manny Koshman, I have a little bit of a beef with, because <laughs> one of my all-time favorite cars is the SLR McLaren, and he owns six of them, and he's hoarding yeah. those sons of bitches, and he's really making them go up in price, <laughs> and it's really pissing me off that I'm never going to be able to buy one. So, stop it. <laughs> that all being said, Randy, Randy um, I've seen several of his rally videos, and... Uh, it seemed when he passed, which was uh, mid last year. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were affected, and he seemed to, in a similar way to Ken Block, but you know, two completely different spaces of the automotive content spread. Absolutely. Right? But the impact was similar. Yeah. I mean, Ken Block obviously on a bigger one because he was more more renowned. I, I think I think though they that. And this is a personal outtake, and I understand it's been different for other people. I just right in front of you, brother. Go ahead. My connection with Savage, uh, and I think it was deeper because I think he shared more of himself in that direction. That's beautiful. And and that's what I think. I think they both had massive impacts, and Ken Block is way bigger. But I think Savage Garage, the same way that I said, the Arizona car scene fights more than it does. It punches more than its weight. He fought more than his weight for how many subscribers he had. Is the impact he made was bigger than anyone else that was on the same platform as him. Yeah, and I think that was kind of crazy to watch. You know, yeah. is that he might not have been the biggest YouTuber in the world in cars or the biggest person, but he still had the ripple effect across the entire world for sure. It's that's important. Mm -hmm. Is that again? You show your realism. You show you like that same dude. As soon as the cameras turned off. He was still that same guy. And obviously, you could tell that he was human because he had his, I mean, it's sad, of course, but he had his own respective issues and he had his own mental health stuff and whatnot. And when it all comes down, like you realize all of us are exactly the same way, regardless of how much money you might have, regardless of a great home, uh, all the insane garaging you might have, we're all the same exact type of person at the end of the day. Um, and none of, none of, none of the stuff... While you can achieve all of it, none of this stuff is going to fix any of that. Yep. Never. 
Um, we'll end it on a lighter note. And again, you know, Savage, may you rest in peace. Oh, guess <laughs> my my beautiful wife just went ahead and popped in some Thank banana you. bread muffins. Thank you, Lucy. We love you. Um, shout out to my wife. Have at it, my friend. I think. No, yum. That's right. We're having banana bread muffins on the podcast right now. That's delicious. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. And that was my wife speaking up to the mic. I hope that got picked up. <laughs> it's 27 episodes. It's the first time she's ever made an appearance. There we I go. Love it. Um, what is your favorite thing about automotive cinematography? We'll go ahead and finish it up on that. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I think there's a couple parts. Okay. And number one is I love creating it. I just love when I create a sick video. Just because it feels cool. And I think the same thing is on the other side. I love when I watch a video. For me, it was Motor Trend in like 2016. Green Lamborghini Huracan drive video. And Johnny Lieberman did that video, if I'm not mistaken. And that video, you they're screaming through the tunnels, through the mountains, and you can hear the car. You can feel, yeah. you can feel the car through the video. I know. It makes you want... To mortgage your entire life and just buy a Lamborghini Huracan. <laughs> it makes you want to go 300 grand into debt because yep. you say, oh my God, I can feel it. Yes. It's right there. And that's what I love about videography is that maybe it doesn't work as much in the reels that we do, but sometimes the cinematic projects that ITR has done, I, I love looking back at the video with my Audi R8 because it makes me remember what it was like shifting that paddle at 8,000 RPMs yeah. going, oh my God, I'm in an Audi R8. And that's what I love. Is it is that's what I love about automotive cinematography is that you get to feel the feeling of inspiration and you get to evoke emotion. And I think that's what video in every form is is evoking emotion. And that's the same as a podcast. Is your goal is to evoke emotion. And I will remember that. It actually. does that amazing. I'm gonna go ahead and actually use that as a tagline. Do you mind? Evoke emotion. Evoke emotion. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up something really quickly because I think I saw what the first time I ever, one of the best decisions I've ever made with Terminal Detour because it's starting to follow ITR Visuals, which you can find on Instagram at ITR Visuals. Um, and if I go into your reels here for one second, I'm trying, I want to make sure I find it. And, I, and I'm about 99% sure that yes. <laughs> this hurricane that you guys did mm-hmm. that that drive I, I saw the final product of like the actual drive which is maybe like a good minute clip um, mm-hmm. and if you go I think it's for a little bit further down um, I saw that and and this this is a white hurricane performante that's exactly right on, on on the way to Payson through the mountains yes and it's one of the sickest videos you guys have ever made it's, seriously, I, I I started following you guys and I was like, man, these guys. And I, the reason why I started following you guys, I think you guys did a collaboration with KRC last year. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to KRC. And um, I was like, man, these reels are sick. Like, what the fuck are these guys, right? Excuse my language. <laughs> we talked about that too. I won. <laughs> Anyways, I'm seeing you guys making the reel of her doing photography and you guys are all collaborating, right? And so I started, I was like, these guys are sick. I'm going to go ahead and start following them. And I looked through and I found the white performante. And you see the forest, you see going up the highway, up the mountains and stuff like that. And I was like, bro, they did that on their budget? Like, 
your budget is not that motor trend budget. It's not that top gear budget. It's you know, I mean, you guys have a budget, but not that kind of budget. Yeah, no, we definitely don't have thirty grand to close down exactly. highways or anything. And what I couldn't believe was the amount of creativity and the editing style that goes into that. And I was like, and how did they do that? You know, and that that's the fun part on the other side now is. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and that video was an awesome video. Raph, Raph, I was I was there for the whole film of the video, but I was Killed not it, involved. Dude. That video was a ton of fun, but it was also that day. I I know the story behind it, and that makes it so much more funny because I I know that we got up at two or three a.m. <laughs> to go to Basin to try and catch sunrise. <laughs> We got McDonald's in the car. We were all like kind of grumpy the entire day, even <laughs> after the Huracan showed up. Yeah. And then like halfway through, we were like, okay, now it's sick again. Yeah. And then seven hours into the shoot, we were like, okay, this is really long. And we oh, go God. back to like, oh, I'm in pain. And seven hours to make a how like that's a minute clip, right? Uh, well, uh, well I, it's I multiple believe, reels, I guess. I, yeah, yeah. I think um, that guy did like a, a driving video, and then we did like a cinematic video, and then I think there's another like couple minute video, okay. and then we made one reel. So yeah. a lot of different pieces of content, but small. Still. And I took I took photos on that and got some of my best rollers for sure. Excellent. But <laughs> it's just funny. It's funny like knowing the story on the other side where it's like that was such it was such a sick video and raf edited it yeah but we were all just sitting there on the way back like oh my god i need to go to sleep (laughs) (laughs) and and high school me would have been like oh my god you're not ecstatic that you're next to a huracan let alone like filming one it is kind of funny (laughs) that i've been to so many car shows in the last year and i'm starting to go ahead and get um you get tone deaf you do sadly the other day who what actually October Highline, I went down. A Koenigsegg shuts it down after a Senna was right there in the middle. Do you know how freaking baller you have to be when you shut it down, even though there's a Senna right there? Like, that's next level baller. Tell me why. I was like, it's just, okay, cool. It's a Koenigsegg. Yeah, like, exactly. You know what? I got and that's up. how that's yeah. how I feel. And I haven't, I've only been here for two years, and it's all over. I felt so bad. And, and th- that's the same thing with the Supras that I'm so ungrateful to say that that's not like <laughs> the coolest car ever. Because high school me would have been yeah. like, oh my god, I'm the coolest kid in the entire world. Yeah. But now I'm like, ah, oh, it's just a Supra. Yeah. But I will say this: the funny thing was, I got hyped up over this 356 that was like down and, the aisle. And I, I think though. That is what becoming tone deaf allows you to do, is it allows those moments that are as special as the ones that used to be so common yeah. to be so much more important. Is that when you see that GT2 behind the store or something yeah. like that, those are moments where you're like, where you know it's special. It's yeah. not that you're just blind and you're seeing everything that's color and it's making you feel emotions. It's that you know something is special. Yeah. And I think it makes those moments more valuable. And what's special to you? Mm-hmm. It doesn't because it, it can be a, a Koenigsegg is a very special car. A Senna is a very special yeah. car, and, and I know a ton of kids out there, a ton of o- o- older guys too, and gals by the way, um, who will see an egg and they'll be like, "Oh my god, it's it's an egg! Damn, that's insane!" It, it makes sense. A Senna, damn, that's insane. That's a multi. It's a, it's a car, multiple million dollar one car. One in every ten thousand people will never have the ability to. But then in December, I saw my very first Diablo. Do you, you don't understand, you people will never understand the hypeness the that I had when I saw this. It was an SE30, I think. Uh, and I saw one, I was like, 
Oh my god. It's Diablo. It's a Diablo guy. It's like, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. And I was like looking around, I was like, oh, my automotive life is complete. Like because <laughs> I finally saw Diablo. And now the only one that I have left that I really want to see. Or two. I think yes. Yeah, I want to see this car. But I still need to go ahead and see a Countach in real life. I, I, have, I have yeah, not yet. I've not yet. Like, which uh, bro, like just, I've seen a couple, but they were not driving. Yeah, like I need I need to see one, even if it's just sitting there. I need to see a Countach. <laughs> That'll happen at some and, point. I'm sure, sure it will because I saw the Diablo already. I'm like, all right, they're, we're getting close. Rare, rare though. They're, for sure. it's, dude, they're so rare. I always it's I was, an, it's incredible for how not rare they are, how rare they, they are to find. Exactly, it's so funny. I was listening. To, one of my favorite podcasts I always listen to is the Smoking Tire Podcast. Matt Ferry, the man, he's one of my heroes. Um, and he owns a red 88 Countach. Uh, he's got the Cindy Crawford car. If anybody remembers that, the Cindy Crawford shoot, that's his car. That's the one that he purchased. And he always talks about, like, anytime he pulls up to, like, a car show or something like that, he will always find that one person who it's their first time seeing a Countach. Like, do you know how I much... I imagine of, it's more than one. <laughs> it's a, Right. And I'm just like, that's crazy that they made thousands of these cars... But there's there's still so many who it's yeah. their first and, time ever seeing it. And that that's the crazy part is I there's probably way less Senna's, way less. Uh, uh, there's McLe- definitely a lot less Koenigseggs. Like there's a bunch of different hypercars, super yeah. rare cars that are seen way more than a lot of cars like that. Yeah, and the other car that I'm still needing to go ahead and oh wait no. I saw one. I forgot. I saw one at Gold Rush. I saw an LP640 and I smiled. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So, I, so then I just need to see a Countach. Which, which LP640? Because there's Huracan Evo LP640. It, no, no. The Mercy LP640. Okay. Let me be very clear. Murcielago <laughs> LP640 is my dream car. I, I, yeah. I you know. I appreciate I the, used to not like the Mercy and now I like it more than the Aventador for sure. I, I've been a Mercy guy since the very beginning. I feel like it would be a terrible car to drive. It's though. a piece of shit, from what I hear. I I yes. imagine it's I have will have more than the same problems I had in my Gallardo. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I, 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 I think Stephen told me because he's driven one. Harrison's, um, yeah, yeah, Harris's and uh, Harris. Please, I you said you'd come on the podcast. Let's make it happen. I'm kidding. <laughs> I my one of my goals this year is to drive a Mercy, and then I will hate it, and then I'll be like, ah, oh, dang, I shouldn't have done this. I should have just bought one. I just want the experience. Yeah, I just I want to I want to drive it. Hear the hear it open up and then say, "Oh, it's all worth it," and yeah. then be parking it and say, "Oh, wow, that sucks. That's terrible." I That's don't the, want it I've heard that many YouTubers have talked about the Aventador SVB, the exact same thing. I I the Aventador SV is my one V twelve. Yeah. I've driven and I drove it when I was fifteen <laughs> on track. Come on, at, in in Los Angeles because Dream Exotics has a thing uh-huh. where you can go and drive the supercars before you have a license on track. Right. The only way you can rent a supercar, pretty much under like 21, unless you're some weird influencer or something. But I got to drive an Aventador SV on track. And I had no perspective on cars at the time because the fastest car I had driven at that point was my Audi A5. Yeah. And then I drove the Aventador SV on track. And that changed my entire life. But that car was awesome in the moment. And I feel like if I get in one, it's going to ruin it. I, I had that experience not too long ago um, in November. I November was like one of my craziest car months ever for me. 
I, you know, Lucid said I could go ahead and have a go in their air, and I did, and it was one of the craziest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Like, it was my first real electric car experience, and like, I was like, this is 6,000 pounds and I'm doing 0 to 60 in 3 seconds. Are you sure about this? It It feels wrong accelerating an electric car. It feels really wrong and then it feels oh so right at the same time. I I feel only wrong. (laughs) (laughs) To each own, I I totally get it. But that that I would would get an electric car but it doesn't feel right with the acceleration. It's unnatural. It's wicked. It Mm -hmm. is wicked. But the funny thing was that like later on that month I'm hanging out with Cody over at Echelon and we talked about this on the pod. We went out in the for a rip in the ACR, and I was like, and I rode shotgun, and I was like, that that same thing that you talked about earlier that, you know, that experience of like you want to go ahead and give up all your entire mortgage for that. Yeah. I had that moment. I second guessed myself. I was like, you're like, you know, we can. My house is we can downsize. Lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, can I sell my house for a quite a bit? I don't know. Maybe I can. <laughs> I, like. That was and, the and I think I think still the the more I, I made a couple of those decisions where yeah. it was like I'm risking everything for this car. <laughs> and sometimes it was worth it. Sure. But now as I'm trying to like actually be somewhat mature. Now that we're mature like, young men. Yeah. One of us a family now, man. Yeah. Nah, well, and I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for my car girl wifey eventually. Um, my, my wife my wife enjoys cars, but she's that's that's the yeah. perfect way to have it though. Well, I'll and, take it. If sure. she if she's willing if she's willing to put up with it, that's she's that's willing more to put up with this podcast for sure. And and, and she <laughs> The 911 is going to come at some point, and the ne- I hope in the next before I'm 40, I hope the 911 is finally outside of my gar- out of my garage. It, it, I, I I hope that I'm giving myself. I think that's fair. I, I could probably do it sooner. It depends. It's just going to depend on a lot of different factors. But at the same time, we'll see. And it would not be a crazy 911. It would probably you be your most basic ass 996 Carrera. A modified one can be pretty cool. I would love that. I just I don't care. I like to have it, and then I, there's, you know, you you always have those dreams of like, oh, maybe I could have this, maybe I could have that. I just want something that calls my name and says, Jorge, I want you to drive me. And I'm be like, all right, cool. And there's some cars out there that call me out like that, but I'm just not not in the position yet. But I know it'll happen soon, and I'm looking forward to that experience for myself because it's such a cool experience to go ahead and see others have. I want to have it again for myself all over again. I, I hope you, know? you get to have that. I, I, and know? I think I will. It's just and, about being patient. And, and while the Huracan has sat on my mind and I've driven Audi R8s, McLaren's, Lamborghinis. The GTR? Uh, well, those are the, the ones that I've owned. But right, right. I've driven a bunch of different oh, yeah, yeah. cars outside of that. One car I've never driven is a Lamborghini Huracan. And that has always been my dream car. And that is a car that I don't want to drive until I own it. I feel that. You don't want to ruin it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel and, that. And I think the reason why I don't is because I know it'll be everything I dreamed of it. Yeah. From having the Gen 2 Audi R8 experience and stuff like that, I know it's not quite there. It's almost there. And from the SV, I know that crazy feeling of presence that a car can have. Right. And the in-between of that, I know it's going to be exactly perfect. And I, I just want to buy one. I just need to get that. And maybe that's 5, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. Hopefully not. I think I can do less than that. Yeah. But I need to have that experience someday for sure. I think that the, the coolest thing about that will be that fact that 
the, the best feeling that you could have is you finally go ahead and go for a rip and you don't have to give it back to the dealer or you don't have to give it back to whoever it is. You're like, and it's time to go home. Let's take the car home. <laughs> you know, when, That'll be very when I got my Audi R8, it was the surreal experience. Because I, I didn't expect to own that car at that point. I got you. I did not know I was going to buy that car until two days before. That's I thought nuts. that I was going to stay, stay in my M4. And then I said, all right, we're in this. You know, it was crazy. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, sorry about that. I was living in a tiny apartment and I had an Audi R8. And I walked down to that car for weeks. For weeks. I would go and sit on the ground in my parking garage with a bunch of different cars parked around it and stare <laughs> at the car and take the keys and turn it on and off and say, that's my car. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of an experience. And I would wait for somebody to walk by and go, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my car. Because <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, it didn't make any sense and it was awesome. And... I think everybody, everybody that loves cars deserves to give themselves that experience at some point in their I life. Agree 100%. 100%. Uh, Kent, dude, thank you so much for coming by, dog. What an absolute treat, honestly. And of course. First podcast of the year. First podcast of season Good two. <laughs> and we hit it with a banger. I hope that the people that are enjoying, that are listening to this podcast can A, have, have taken something from your advice and from your experiences because that, that I think is really important. And I know that you are set to do so many things this year. And you're going to be allowing others to go ahead and fulfill their dreams or better themselves at something that they already feel that they're really good at. And I, I think that's I really, can do that. And, and I know that you can. And I'm just really thrilled that you got a chance to go ahead and share your experiences, share your thoughts, share your feelings about anything about car culture, anything about social media content creation. I'm glad that you finally got a chance to come on here and talk about it with me because I've been waiting to do this a long time and it was worth it every hour and 27 minutes of it. So it was awesome. I appreciate you having me on and I think we had an awesome conversation for sure. I know we did and we got some delicious pizza. (laughs) My wife killed it with those banana bread muffins. Yeah, those were really good. The chocolate chips were It looked like it was from a store. It was perfect. She killed it. Listen, (laughs) you know, I, I, I... Shout Anyone's out to my in wife. the market for some? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. And not some, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and talk to you some to, about some stuff off the air. But that all being said, um, Kent, where can they find your respective Instagram page that you're using right now to go ahead and work on the things for 2023? You know, if you want to follow my personal life, that's the one that's kind of on there right now. I'm at Kent is King, and if you want to watch ITR's journey, follow at ITR Visuals. Those are two things I'll plug, and I appreciate it for the platform for that again. Dying sound, dude. Um, shout out to Raph and to Jesus. We're doing an absolutely incredible job over at ITR, and uh, I wish them nothing but the best. I know that they're going to pop off this year once more, and thank you for coming on. I genuinely appreciate it. Um, I don't know when the next episode will be, but hopefully it'll come soon. But for now, please go check out at Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. Um, Trying to go ahead and have fun with it, trying to go ahead and put up a lot of stuff that hopefully people will be able to go ahead and enjoy. Um, and, And to those who have been kind enough to go ahead and share you know, the podcast when I least expect it. The the coolest feeling in the world is to go ahead and open up your Instagram account on a freaking regular morning and then see, I'm enjoying Tormenting Tarmac right now. I'm like, I, I didn't pay you to do that. <laughs> that That's a hell of a feeling right there. It's anything on social media is surreal. It so is. See that people are watching your t- content because it's like, it doesn't feel real because you do that to other people. But yeah, it doesn't they, make sense. When they do it, it to you, you, you're like, oh, what? Are you sure that 
you sure that's me? Like, yeah. So and some, and that's some, one that never gets old. It, it was never gets old. It really lit me up, it, it, and it and it told me that I'm in some way, shape, or form, I'm doing something okay. You're doing something that matters, and, and I'll take that. If I if this podcast can go ahead and be good to anybody, like to at least just one person, I'm clearly doing something right. So mm-hmm. I'll take it. So um, that person knows who that is. Shout out to Throttled Out. Um, they, 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 they're, they're the homies over there and I really appreciate Annie and them. Um, and so that being said, um, yeah, check out at Tormenting Tarmac, um, check out at Kentis King and of course check out ITR Visuals and I want to thank everybody for listening. This has been Jorge on behalf of Kent. You've been listening to Tormenting Tarmac. It's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Very happy new year, everybody.